This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. So, a couple of things was he talked about whenever the work turned out bad, badly, and the vessel was marred, what happened, okay, and the shape wasn't good, then he started over. You know, sometimes life throws things at us. Sometimes we make decisions that mess things up. But guess what? God's able to start all over again turn things around for us. Amen. Even when life goes wrong, life doesn't go like we hoped for. He also talked about that God's hand represents his ability to do in our life. Amen. So when we say, God, I trust you and I give you everything, then now that gives God's hand able to work on our behalf and open up doors that no man can open. Um, so the potter started over again. Sometimes things just don't come out the way we hoped for. But God started over, made it better than before. Amen. You know, there was a song uh, by Darling Check that was uh, back, I think might have been 2006, seven. Powerful, powerful song. Uh, it talked about the potter's hand. If you ever get a chance, go back and listen to that song. But it talked about give my life to the potter's hand. Another thing that talks about it, the course was like guide me, lead me, walk beside me. I'm telling you, it's a powerful thing, uh, getting a revelation about the potter's hand. So we're going to, uh, like I said, start over, starting over new, part two. And the scripture that he had read you uh, to, to sum it all up was in Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. Um, it's, uh, this is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord. Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and saw him working at the wheel, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hand. So the potter formed it un- formed it into another pot, shaping his shaping it as it seemed best to him. Then the word of the Lord came to me, O house of Israel, can I do with you as his potter does, declares the Lord, like clay in the hand of the potter, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Amen. And, you know, in Jeremiah's time, the people of God had found themselves in some very deep disobedience to God. And as a nation, they were slipping deeper into sin, okay? And that's over in Jeremiah 17. But three main areas that Israel got caught up in rebellion and sin was the first one was idolatry. And they begin to idolize other things. They even begin to sacrifice their own children. There was another thing that caused them problem, and that was wealth and materialism. That became what they begin to worship and not their God. And then they became self-centeredness, you know, selfishness. It's just about me and nobody else. You know, I come first. So in Jeremiah 17, 9 and 10, it talks about that the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Another translation says, who can understand it? You know, thank God, though, see, when we cry out to God, he can help us to get all of this junk out of our lives and out of our hearts. But remember, we have a part of what we're putting in there. 
And the more of God you put in, the more you connect yourself with him and his word and prayer and coming to the house of God, guess what? Then now your heart is getting so planted full of the word of God that after a while, there's no room left for junk. Because then now when the weeds and all the other stuff try to come in, it can't come in because it's so full of God's word, God's life, and God's truth. Now, throughout history and in the scripture, God uses many uh, things to teach us, to mold us, to help us understand. You know, in his word of God, he used things like a bucket of water. He used things like fish, trees, a boat, stones. God used many things in the Old Testament. He even used a donkey once to speak. You know, he used birds, quail, the fiery bush. There was all kinds of things that God showed up on their behalf to teach them a thing and show them a thing um, uh, in his word. In our passage, we see the Lord imparting a lesson to Jeremiah about the wickedness of Judah and how they needed to repent or else. Amen? So when he talked about them coming, you know, Israel and all that, he said, but now God will show us a thing. But once again, guess what? You get to choose whether I'm going to stop it, whether I'm going to walk away from it. You know, because what it means to repent or to be born again you know, means you turn from it, okay? Now, look, there's going to be lots of things in our lives once we come to him. Some things immediately fall away. Some things takes weeks, years, you know. But if we're allowing God to still work on us, we should be progressing, and we should be getting better. If we're going backwards, then something's not right. That means that there's either a bad connection or a loose connection, You know, just like in the natural, you know, if you've got maybe the wall into the plug right, but maybe then, maybe you don't have it in your phone correctly, you know, you'll wonder, well, why didn't my phone charge? Well, you might not have had it put all the way in. It looked okay, but it wasn't getting charged. You know, sometimes in life, there's just some things that we're not all the way connected in. We might be hearing only what we want to hear. We might only been doing what we want to do, and when we do hear about change, we go, "Mm, no, that's not for me, or I'm not quite ready for that, but, you know, why does God ask us to do a thing or change a thing or to stop a thing? It's not to hurt you. It's because he loves us, because he knows that if we keep doing that same thing or being around that same influence, if he's warning you to stop it or to get away from it or to not to listen to that, there's a good reason why. Because he knows the devil is working uh, to destroy you. It says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But God came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So just like in the natural, when you're a parent, even when we were little, we thought that was so mean. And even then, when you get a teenager, you think they're even meaner. And we think our parents are totally stupid, and they don't know any better because they're correcting us. Why? Because one, either they have did some things, and they're trying to say, don't do that. I'm telling you right now that if you keep doing that, what will happen? Because I know. But also, too, they're trying to say, look, if you keep going down that road, I can tell you the end is not good. So there's a reason why we correct and God tries to show us a thing and warn us about a thing because what? He wants to save us from death and destruction. Okay, so it's a good thing. Now, for the human clay, which is you and I, to be effectively shaped, and we've got to be cooperative. We have to cooperate with God. 
okay? We have to be, you know, uh, in, you know, in total agreement with God that, okay, God, I don't maybe understand what you're asking me to do or what you're asking me to stop doing. God, you know, oh, you know, and it just seems like that's okay. Or I don't really need to pray every day. I don't need to really, you know, go to church all the time. And God's saying no, because what does his word say? His word says, do not forsake yourself for the assembling of his house. Why? Because once again, he's wanting us to be better. He's wanting us to grow. He's wanting us to move forward. And to see not just be better for you, but to be better for your family and to be better for those that you're going to affect that you don't even know their names or their faces. See? So I'm telling you, it's a powerful thing. Correction is not to hurt you. Correction is to help you. It's to help us grow. Warnings come to save our lives. Amen? So let's be willing to work together. Why? The common goal there is because God said, I want you to have victory in your life. I want you to be whole and well and have health and healing and joy and peace and prosperity. That's why uh, that I'm asking you to do these things and to trust me. If we belong to Christ as clay in his hand, then let's just cooperate with him. Let's just trust him. If he created us, do you not think he knows us and knows a little bit more than we do? Amen. So the clay is totally subject to the design of the potter, but the clay still has its own will. See? So at any time, see, we can jump off the wheel. At any time, we can say, oh, God, that's enough. I'll come back when I need you or when I get in trouble, you know, but I'm telling you, we're living in times and days you don't want to take that chance because the devil is looking for right opportunity to yank that rug out from under your baby. And sometimes he's yanked it so many times that the next time, not because anything God has done, but because our choices, see, it's going to put us in a hard spot, and we may have to work on some things till we can get out of it. See, it's, God's not going to be able just to show up and go like that and oh, make it all better, or let's just wipe it away. No, God gave us a time after time, and so God says, now maybe you might just have to walk out your circumstances, walk out your choices to see the devil is bad and God is good. Amen. Amen. So we do have our own will. But if you're unwilling to submit to the potter's hand, then things will start to fall apart. And then the potter will have to start over again. So listen, even if you do, or we all have at one time, sometimes jumped off the thing, we've gotten all shattered, busted apart, squashed, totally looked impossible. And in the natural, if you or anybody looked at it, they'd say, oh, well, forget them. That's, an, that's a lost cause right there. They're impossible. They're never going to change. Oh, no, no, no. We say something different. We say they might have to now walk out some of their stuff. But if we continue to pray, God will send people across their path. God will send people into their lives where we can't speak. Now someone else will speak. All they'll hear is Jesus. God loves you. Jesus, God loves you. He wants to help you. He wants to make you new. He wants to bring you into better. He doesn't want you to live like this anymore. But we just have to trust him. Amen. But God will always start over. Now, if you're unwilling to submit, you know, then God will have to wait till you're ready. God doesn't walk away, but he lets you have your choice. 
See, because we are a free will. So, see, when people try to blame God a lot of times for stuff, one, now we do live in a bad world with a bad devil, and things do just happen, okay? But there's sometimes we make some choices that aren't real smart. So then now that put us in a place out of God's protection because we made a bad choice. But that doesn't mean that God walked away. That just means he's waiting for you to walk back to him. Okay, but in the meantime, that walking, you know, we might have to pay a little bit of a price, you know. But at any time, all we got to do is cry out in God and as family and friends are praying, God will keep a hedge of protection around them till what? We all come to our senses. And sometimes there's some of us that hit the wall once, twice. Sometimes it's taken 10, 20, 30 times. Some have a little thicker head. Amen. But eventually, with prayer, amen, eventually we declare their eyes will be open, the blinders will be removed, and their ears will hear the voice of God and the love of God. Amen. But to be cooperative clay, then we've got to work on being free of impurities. In Proverbs 28 and 13 and 14, it says, He who conceals his sin does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Blessed is the man who always fears the Lord, but he who hardens his heart will fall into trouble. See? So once again, God's saying, that's your choice. He can't override our choice, but he'll say, I'm always right there waiting. See, because he can't make you not do the bad thing or the wrong thing. He'll try to send warnings. He'll try to send people, you know. He'll speak to you. He'll speak to us and warn us. But if we still go, "Mm -mm," we override it, then those consequences are on us. We can't blame God, but he doesn't walk away. He's just standing there waiting, saying, when you're ready, come back to me. I'm right here waiting for you. When a potter is modeling the clay, he's doing two things. He's working a clay to work out the tiny air pockets, for he knows when the pot is fired in the kiln, they will explode and destroy the pot. See, sometimes we say, oh, God, you know, I want this to happen right now. You know, well, I prayed for it, and it should have happened yesterday. Or, you know, why ain't this and why ain't that? And God said, well, you know, there's a process. And sometimes other people are involved. Sometimes other things, and so God's got to move and rearrange some things. And also, in the meantime, what he's doing is you're standing and believing for a thing or for things in our lives. God's stretching us, and he's helping us now to trust more on him than maybe the job, maybe the parent, maybe the mate, maybe the church, you know, maybe the government. Whatever it is, God's saying, trust me. So as we grow in him, see, the, sometimes the waiting gets a little longer, not because he's trying to hurt, but he's just trying to say, I'm trying to get something to you, but what I've got to get to you is better and bigger. So it's going to take a little longer, but in the process, I want you to see, you know, that I, I am, I am the everything. I am. Amen? So... He tries to work out those little air pockets because he knows if he don't see it'll explode, the, uh, the pot will explode. He's also searching for tiny pebbles that will weaken and blemish the finished pot. 
See, God's helping us to see, you know what, if, 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 if maybe you got this out of your life or them out of your life or you start a focus in here or change the way you talk and what you say, see, then we won't keep getting back to a cracked pot. See, the pot won't keep falling apart and we wonder why we're taking two steps forward and ten steps back. God's trying to help us to see, look, we've got to get these little pebbles out of there, these little blemishes out because they're hurting you. Because this is why you can't move forward. You're not forgiving. You're not letting go. You're not moving forward. You're not saying my word. You're not walking and living in faith. Amen. Sin always makes our hearts hard and unpliable. So we've got to be in cooperation with the potter. In 1 John 1, 9, it says, being free from impurities of sin. Now, look, a lot of times people think of sin and they think, oh, God, well, that means, you know, you killed somebody, you robbed a bank. No. It's sin is sin. And sin can be walking away from God. Sin can be disobeying God. Sin is not doing what God's asked us to do. Sin is saying, read God's word and whatever he says, just do it. See, sin is the little things just as well as the big things, see. But if we're not careful, those little foxes will sneak in. And the next thing you know, we've allowed a whole lot of little, well, no, not today. Well, maybe tomorrow. Oh, God, I don't need to go to church. Well, I'll read tomorrow. I'll pray tomorrow. See, all those little foxes slip in. And then the next thing we know, we want to know why we got a minefield that's blown up in our life. And it's because we've let a whole bunch of little foxes in. See, it's the little ones that'll catch you off guard. So be careful about letting the little no's and the little disobediences sneak in. Because then all of a sudden it become a big thing and we're wondering, well, what did that, how'd that happen? Well, if you could hit the rewind button, we go, ooh, oh, I see, I see. So be careful. Let's remain, remain centered on the wheel. And how do we do that? Keep Jesus number one. Keep him priority. See, everything else should work around Jesus. Okay? Your job can't be first. Your mate can't be first. Your children can't be first. It's got to be Jesus. And when Jesus is number one, then all that out there will balance out. See? And then God's able to work on your behalf because now he's got an open invitation and an open door. So keep Jesus number one. In Romans 9 and 19, it says, For who resists his will, but who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed it? Why did you make me like this? Does not the potter have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purpose and common use? You know, thank God that when, like I said, sometimes we, you know, break our own self, squash our own self, or we allow life to come in and just bust us to pieces, that God said, guess what? Get back on this wheel. We'll just start all over again, and I'll just make it better. It'll be better than before. He will start over with us, even when our choices and life mess everything up. Even when it just seems like we're crushed. And busted to a million little pieces, God said, if you'll let me, we'll just do it all over again, and it'll be better. What's the potter's motivation in all of this? The first thing is love. The love of God motivates him. 
to stand there with open arms and say, let me do it again. Let me mold you and make you better than you were before. And then not only now will you be more powerful in your life, but now your power will be more effective to your family and to all those around you. The potter, even when things get crushed and he starts to remold us, that purpose is what? To make us new and better than before. Make us whole in every area of life. So now we don't have to be whole here, broken there, whole here. But no, he said, I want you whole in every area of your life. Why? So that you can be better and then you can give away better. That's what it's all about, people, for our lives. The clay must remain soft and pliable, possessing a soft, teachable heart in the center. See, teachableness is a powerful thing. You know, being teachable by God, teachable by those that God has put in our lives, teachable by your pastors and leaders. See, if we ever get to a place when people instruct us or try to, and you can, now look, we can right away say, well, they were just saying that because they don't like me or they're jealous of me, whatever. You maybe first so need to go pray and make sure that what they said, did you receive it that way because you're broken? See, in a broken vessel, no matter what anybody says, they could come up and say, oh, my God, you're the most wonderful, beautiful person, and, you know, I love you so much, and you'd get offended. Why? Because you got cracks in you. So everything that comes in gets distorted. So pray first when somebody maybe has shared a thing or says, I'm trying to help you here or correcting us, you know, and make sure Are we receiving it because, you know, out of an offense, or is it just because we don't, you know, want to hear it? But go to prayer, and I guarantee you a lot of times you'll find out God was just trying to say a thing to help us to make us better and to move us forward. So let's stay soft and pliable and teachable because it's a powerful thing. What happens if the clay gets on the edge of the spinning table? It'll fly away. See, that's what I was talking about, too. See, if we get lax in areas or we just start saying, well, I don't need to go to church today. I'm tired. The Lord knows my heart. I've worked all week. I only have one day. You know, and then the next thing we know, it's a Wednesday. Then it's a Sunday. And then we don't have time to pray. And now we're working three jobs and we're working overtime. And now I can't even spend any time with God. But God knows my heart. Well, he may know it, but he's saying, where am I? Okay, whether we like it or not, you know, so if we're not careful, we'll just keep making those little choices. The next thing we know, we're way over here on the table. We're not in the center of that wheel. And when you get off the center, guess what? That thing will go flying. And guess what? It's going to bust all up to pieces. Now, God didn't do that. No, we did. Our little steps, one at a time, little choices, one at a time. So we got to stay centered in the middle of the wheel. I know this seems like, you know, a lot of just, you know, uh, uh, oh, God, there's no fire. She's not getting all wound up or whatever. But sometimes, like Pastor says, we need to be taught a thing. We need to be imparted a thing. Because, see, if you're not imparted and it get planted and then it begins to grow and stays, all the screaming and yelling ain't going to help you then when the devil comes to try to take you out. You've got to have some stuff in there that took some root, okay, that just ain't laying on the top. Amen? 
So we need to make sure we're right in the middle of the center of that potter's wheel and that his hands are forming us. And then stay following him no matter what. I don't care hell or high water. I don't care if anybody, everybody in your household says, well, guess what? You know, God disappointed me. God hurt me. He didn't do this. And they begin to walk away. You better stay with him because the devil is a liar. That's exactly what he wants is for you to walk away or to back off. That's exactly because then he's waiting to pull the rug out from under you. And then everybody's life that you had a part of or that you were supposed to touch has now been affected. So whether we like it or not, it's not just about you. Okay? You are affecting others. And like I said, people that you don't even know, but your family's watching, your friends, your neighbor. So come alive. Get some backbone in you. You know, stand up and be willing to say, you know what, I'm serving God no matter what. And the devil will not have me. He will not have my family. He will not have uh, um, my city, uh, the state, the nation of the world. I'm going to stand for God. And the devil will have to let them go. But guess what? He needs somebody to have a backbone and not a wishbone. Don't be a jellyfish. Amen? Stand up with something about you. The world is. They got all kinds of stuff they're standing for. What are we standing for? So the potter's wheel is constantly turning. It is turned by the potter's feet. Just like the circumstances in our lives. The potter is actively involved in our life daily trying to get our cooperation and our attention so what? He can shape us for the thing he destined for us to be, the life he destined for us to live, full of joy and life and blessings so that we can go out and touch others and bring them in. When we become off-centered, though, we'll get thrown off and get into some hard circumstances. Look. All of us have faced some hard circumstances, but guess what? Sometimes, like I said, it's just been life, and sometimes it's been us. But regardless, get back up and seek God, and God will help you. Pray for them until they get their senses, and God will help them. But don't walk away from God. Don't walk away. Because our choices sometimes, see, throw that at us and we go, wow, and now we begin to blame God and listen to the lie of the devil we'll see there. If God really loved you, he wouldn't let this happen to you. He wouldn't let that happen to them. This da-da-da. No, that's a lie. Okay, what does it say? The devil comes to kill, steal, and destroy. God comes that we might have life. So if we're walking anything, it's either the devil or our choices. Let's just own up to it and just say, God, that whatever it is, I'm serving you. And I want better. And I'm going to start doing what you say, and I'm going to trust you no matter what I see or what I don't see. God is my answer, and God is my source. Don't be going in your own direction. Choose to stay centered and focused upon God no matter what. No matter what the experience or what trial comes into your life, stay focused and centered on God. And be responsive to the potter's hand. Show some response to God. You know, don't always just sit there and think, well, you know, here I am. To, I'm like a little sponge just going to soak it up, but then I go out and I don't do anything with it. 
I don't go tell, I don't go give it away, and then I don't do, you know, we're wondering, well, God, you didn't do this, and you promised me that, and I got a word once, and I had this one, but did you do the last thing he told you to do? Did you do the first thing? You know, sometimes it's like, did you even just pray like I asked you to pray? How am I going to promote you or bring people into your life or do the thing you want me to do when you can't even do the first thing I asked you to do or the last thing? See, let's just be responsive and listen to what he's saying for a heart to be humble. First Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he, he may lift He." may lift you up in due time. Don't look to man. Don't look to others to lift you up. Look to God. A potter must master the clay before he can start to form it. Mastering the clay is when the potter brings pressure to the clay and slowly starts to take form. Now, sometimes he has to do this three or four times, adding a little water each time, wetting his hands wet with a little pressure so the clay starts to respond to the potter's hand. Don't get so hard-hearted and high-minded or let the devil offend you that you can't respond to the potter's hand. In verse 4, it talked about how the clay was marred and the potter had to begin again. Sometimes in life, we need to just say, God, go ahead. (laughs) Begin again. (laughs) Let's start all over again. You know, there's just some areas that I have just messed up or I've allowed the devil to lie to me. I've allowed life and circumstances just to steal and rob from me. I've been in doubt and unbelief and bitterness and unforgiveness. Let's just start all over. Let's start all over. If we're marred or flawed, the potter may have to just say, let's just start over again. You know, there's three areas that help us in our earthen vessels to be responsive to our maker. And one of them is submission. Oh, boy. We don't want to hear that word, especially in the church and much less in a marriage. You know, most people take that out of the thing anymore. We don't want to hear the word, quote, submission, like it's some bad word. But, you know, submission is an attitude of the heart. That's basically, I don't need to be submitted to anything or anyone, not even God. But see, if you can't be submitted to people God's put into your life, then you can't be submitted to God. Okay, because it's an attitude of the heart. It's putting away our arrogance and pride, coming broken in submission before him. <clears throat> As we yield ourselves to the Lord, we'll become softened before the potter. If we refuse to submit to the loving, crafting hands of God, then he'll just say, well, then have your way. Have your choices. But, but listen, it may bring some undesirable circumstances that are not very good. And then we end up going, wow, I really didn't like this. But you had a choice, okay? You had a choice. The second one that will help us to be responsive is solitude. Sometimes you just need to get away from the distractions, clear your schedules, and be alone with God. That means have some stillness with God. That means, you know, you don't have to escape to the mountains. You don't have to take a week off. That means sometimes you might just have to go to your bedroom, shut the door, go to the bathroom and shut the door. If you have little ones, you know, you might need to just say, look, I need help. Get somebody to help and say, if you can wash them for an hour or two, I just really need some time. Or then you say, I'll now help you with your kids. You know, wait till they go to bed, take a nap. But there's sometimes you need to just stop and have some stillness 
with God and get away from everything. Don't be listening to all the voices of the work and the family and the job and everything else. Just get away and listen to God. And that doesn't always mean, like I said, get away physically. It just means shut your mind down and be still with God and let him begin to speak to your heart. And then that solitude, but stillness is sometimes we need to shut up and listen. Just shut up. Remember, God gave us two ears and one mouth. That means we need to listen twice as much, talk less. Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we need to just stop talking, sit down, and quit letting crap and garbage come out of our mouth, all kinds of, you know, everything, and just sit down and stand before God and let him speak to us. See, sometimes God's been speaking but we're running so, we're running 100 miles an hour, full throttle, so busy that we don't even hear what he's saying because we haven't taken time. And God's talking, 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 but we're out there full force, you know, and we can't even hear what he's saying because sometimes it'll be that small, still voice that's sending the warning or what not to do or which way not to go. But we're just too busy. Don't get too busy. You don't hear the voice of God. 2 Corinthians 4, 7 says, But we have this treasure, our salvation, gospel, in the jars of clay to show that all surpassing power is from God and not us. Be shaped and used by God. Why? For God's kingdom purpose. So that we can bring in the family of God, that we can grow the family of God. You know, when the potter has the clay at the right consistency, he starts to open up the clay by pressing his thumbs down into it while it's still applying pressure with his palms. A shapeless lump of clay now taking shape under the master's touch is now beginning to look like something. Looking like something special. Looking like God's love, God's mercy, God's goodness, God's blessings. The finished vessel is then fired and killed And now it becomes a useful vessel. Now remember, there's still a process in life and things take a while. And you say, well, but I'm still dealing with that and I'm still dealing with that. That, That's okay. Give it to God. But let's keep making some progress. Because we want to be effective vessels. See, we want, there's so many people out there that don't know what you know. That haven't heard what you've heard. That are broken and hurt. Ready to give up and take their lives. They need some love. They need some Jesus with skin on. They need the real deal. I didn't say the perfect deal. I said the real deal. Now, I want to, the word shape, okay, he shapes us for his purpose. I I had found this, and I just thought it was was good. It talks about, so the first letter in shape, S, God crafts us with spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit as he wills. The letter H, God crafts us with a heart, our passions, our likes, and our dislikes. The letter A, God crafts us with various abilities. See, things that we're good at and things that maybe we don't even know that we could be good at. And God will start speaking to you about them. You know, just be open because sometimes you'll go, well, I ain't called to that, but... Sometimes maybe he just needs you to work there for a little bit because he's trying to mold you a little bit or trying to help you a little bit in some areas, you know. Or then sometimes you might find out, you know what, golly, 
I didn't know I'd like this. I like this. The letter P, God crafts us with a particular personality. You know, we have over 18,000 different traits. We're all so individual. You know, sure, there's going to be similarities or things like that, but we're still so different. God made us all so unique. Everybody's special in their own way. Never look at somebody else and go, I wish I was them. Oh, no, you don't. God made you to be you. He wants you to be happy with you. And once you start getting that revelation that God made me and he made me special, he made me for a purpose, then guess what? You'll begin to grow and flourish. And you'll also become more effective because you'll find out that, guess what? You're going to touch people's lives that I can't. You're going to minister to people that I won't be able to. You're going to do things in life and do a part in God's house that I cannot do. So he made us all so unique and so Begin to embrace that. And love who you are in God. And say, you know what? God made me. He took time to make me. And he made each of us special. The letter E, God crafts us with experiences of life. Some good, some not, some that hurt. But guess what? God said, if you'll give me all of that, though, it'll never be wasted. I'll take what meant to destroy you. I'll take what hurt you. I'll take what you thought had broken you. I'll take what you thought had destroyed you. Or I'll take things that the devil wanted to just bust you to pieces. And God said, I'll turn it around. And I'll make you better than you were before. And now that thing that the devil meant to kill and destroy, you'll stand up and testify and say, but guess what? I came out of it. The devil, you know, thought he had me over here, or I made this choice and it wasn't good. But guess what? In the end, I came out. I'm on fire for God. I love God. I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going around and laying hands on the sick. I'm praying for others. Now I'm a powerhouse. So all of that hurt. I didn't use it now as a stumbling block. I'm using it as a stepping stone. I'm using it as to push me forward to go more into God, to be better. And now to be a witness and a testimony where I messed up and fell down. Now I can tell others, don't do that. Or let me help you there because I know what it's like. I've been there. I did that. You don't want to do that. Let me help you. Now you can help them to advance. You are one of a kind and he made you. He said there's no two alike. You know, even identical twins, they may look alike, but they still have different traits. See, so there's nobody on this earth that's exactly the same. There may be similarities, but God said, I made each and every one of you unique. Every one of us are different and special. The potter does have a perfect plan for your life. He just may be having a hard time getting us to cooperate in some areas. Refusing to cement, refusing to live our lives, because we just, well, God, I, I want to do this. I want to do that. I need to do this. And, you know, I've got, I think I have a better plan. You know, don't be self-centered. Remember that God is the potter and we are the clay. He knows us better than anybody. He can make us better than anything we could ever do. 
Colossians 1.10 says, And we pray this in order that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and may please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work and growing, knowing in the knowledge of God. Our attitudes are ever-changing. Let's be careful not to become bitter or complaining or jealous of others, exhibiting rebellious spirits or troublemaking spirits, lacking of joy because people are watching our lives. And I don't know about you, I want to be a obedient, willing vessel, but I want to be effective. I want my life to tell the story of God's goodness, his love, and his mercy and grace so that someday, even if I've only planted the seed, that someday they'll come to know Jesus for the first time or in a better and a greater way. I want people to be drawn to God by my life, not repelled. I want people to be saved, healed, delivered, and be made better. Because maybe of only one thing that I said. So remember, your attitude matters. And sometimes when you're at work and you go, well, there's only unsaved people around here. I can act like I want. Well, more than ever, you better be, you need to be acting like Jesus. Because what are they doing? See, if they go, well, they're a Christian. Yes, I know. You're put under a little micro thing. Live our life. We've lived like that for over 30-something years. We're in a glass globe where everybody can look and see and know everything. But even as a Christian, people are looking and they expect different. Okay? But so if you mess up or make a mistake, then you know what? You just go to them and say, you know what? Look, I acted like a jerk the other day. I just want to apologize. I should know better. I shouldn't act like that. But I'm still human and sometimes I mess up. But own up to it. Because let me tell you, you know, uh, the unbelievers looking for something different. And if we act just like they act, talk like they talk, and the only way they would know that you were a Christian if you wore a big sign, something's wrong. They should know us by our words. They should know us by the love of Jesus in our lives. Amen. As Pastor Ron comes, you know, we may know all the right words. We listen to the Christian songs, and we might say the right prayers, but you're not fooling anybody. If you're really not seeking God and asking him, mold me, make me, guide me, lead me, and use me, God. Be willing and obedient and get to the place where you just say, you know what, God? I have an attitude of cooperation. Whatever you say, I'm going to do. And I'm going to begin, no matter how much my flesh screams and hollers and yells, I'm going to begin to start putting you first in every area. Filling myself more with what you say and with your word and with your messages than with others. Do we possess a cooperative attitude with God and others around you? Look, you can agree to disagree with people, but there's one thing we all agree on, and that's Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the only way. Jesus died on the cross. No matter what color, what race, what age, whatever we come from, that's something that everybody can agree on. That Jesus is the only way. Jesus came to save you, heal you, make you whole, fill you with his love and his goodness. Do we possess that type of cooperative attitude of saying, God, use me? Through the nail-scarred hands, he is shaping us into a masterpiece, uniquely special to him and to those around Through the blood-stained hands, the potter is shaping his clay. 
those born again through Jesus Christ. You know, the potter has a purpose for your life. Allow him to shape you for his good and for his glory today. Because I'm telling you, you will never regret it. And you'll actually begin to be a little more happier when we let God have his way in our lives. And we really do trust and obey. Being cooperative clay is saying, I'm going to submit to his will. No matter how much my flesh doesn't like it, or doesn't want it, or doesn't think it needs it, I'm going to say, God, you know what? I'm going to submit to your will and your way. And from now on, it's about you first, and then everything else will fall into place and you'll help. But every day, you're first in my life. And throughout the day, I give you glory and honor. The potter has a purpose for your life. Allow him to shape you this day for his good and for his glory. Let's be cooperative to his will, because his way is so much better. Let's be crafted into his perfect plan as he gently calls us into his presence. Let's say, take me, mold me, use me, walk beside me, lead me. Oh, God, use me, because I give my life to the potter's hand. Every head bowed. I just encourage you that maybe today you haven't given your heart to Jesus, or maybe you have, but you've just said, you know what, God kind of is that emergency God lately in my life. You know, I used to think about him all the time, talk to him, couldn't even stand the thought of not being in his presence or in the house of God, and now the littlest thing can just distract me. The littlest thing can seem to get me away from him, away from church. But today, let's let's make a prayer of commitment. First, we're going to say, if you haven't received Jesus, let's pray this together. Say, Dear Lord, come into my heart. Come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. God, I believe you died on the cross and shed your blood for me. And today I give you my all. I give you my everything. You are my Lord, and I will follow you follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Now for the rest of us, let's make a prayer of, of committal if you'd like to, to. Let's get up in that place where we're right in the center of that potter's wheel. No more maybe getting off a little to the left. or See, because on that potter's wheel, you know, they say that even like a little degree, it could be an inch or two off, and you would not even see it by the naked eye. But eventually, that thing, see, will become warped. It'll become hard. And if it keeps moving, see, and you don't get back where you need to be, the next thing you know you're over here, and what's going to happen? Things going to go flying and bust to pieces. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.